Stephen, some really great information there. And, you know, listen, we'll still have a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll talk some more fantasy stuff. Uh, I know a lot of people, if you do some sharp drafts, like, like to wait until the very last minute because people like to have as much information as humanly possible before they draft for the season. I know the couple of leagues that I'm still in, uh, we don't draft until literally, you know, as last minute as humanly possible. So maybe we can get some more information on stuff as things start to clear up a little bit. Some of these position battles, who is looking like they might get the most work in a backfield or some of these quarterback battles and things like that. Maybe we can uh, open that back up as well. But I did want to touch on one thing before we head out of here, and that's best ball. And I know you've been playing best ball. I've been playing best ball for for several years now. But if you're unfamiliar, guys, it is basically the best part of fantasy football and some of the stuff that people lack, I'll just put, or don't like, or let fall off. Uh, You don't have that part. So basically you go in and you just draft a very deep roster. And of those players each week, the top performing player at the position, depending on your league, you know, whether it be two wide receivers, three wide receivers, a flex, however the league is set up at the various site that you decide to play on, then the top scoring player at that position is automatically inserted for you. So let's say you drafted three different quarterbacks for your team and four different running backs. Well, you're playing in a, in a league that's got one starting quarterback and two starting running backs. Whichever quarterback scores the most points for you that week is automatically your starter. Whichever two running backs score the most points for you that week are automatically your two running back starters and so on and so forth at all the other positions. Steven, I have fallen in love with this format. I think it's really, really fun. The strategy involved is different than season long. The strategy involved is different than DFS. So just having another way to kind of attack this season from, I mean, let's just call it what it is, a gambling standpoint because it is it is still gambling. Uh, I really like it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And the best advice I could give to people out there who haven't done a ton of this is to understand the best ball league that you're in. First of all, check the scoring settings. Is it a half PPR? Is it a full PPR? That's going to change who you draft in those situations. The other thing to understand just from a a wide angle lens view for best ball is to embrace volatility when it comes to these players. Players that are inconsistent on a weekly basis that might be a headache for you in your normal redraft leagues, embrace them in best ball because you don't have to set a lineup. Perfect example from last year would be Tyler Lockett from the Seattle Seahawks. That guy was a pain in the butt to figure out. Are we allowed to curse on this podcast? I never established that. He's a pain in the ass, Matt. There you go. <laughs> Matt, there Tyler you go. Lockett was a guy who could score 30 points in a given week and then other weeks score five points. But that doesn't matter in best ball. You're going to get his best weeks no matter what. So that's a guy you still want to go after to try and get those ceiling weeks. So uh, those are the two biggest pieces of advice I would give. The last would be to embrace stacking. So embracing a quarterback and a combination of either one or two of his wide receivers, maybe it's his tight end. In those middle to late rounds is where you can really find some good value on, on stacks. One of the ones that I have really enjoyed getting in best ball is getting is is getting Trevor Lawrence as my QB two and stacking him around later with Marvin Jones. So, again, it could be volatile on a week to week basis, but in best ball, it does not matter. You're only getting their best weeks. 
And lastly, just make sure if you're only going to draft two quarterbacks that they're not on the same bye week because then you have zero quarterback points for the week that they're on the bye. So just keep that in mind as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the thing is, is if you've if you've gotten out of playing fantasy football, this might be a way to get you back in because you probably got out of it because you didn't like having to deal with the waiver wire or you didn't like having to set a lineup because you didn't know who to put in each and every week. And it felt you felt like you were always putting in the wrong guy. Well, again, all that is is removed from this situation. There is no waiver wire. You just draft. And when you draft, it's over. And there is no worrying about, ah, do I start this guy or this guy? Ah, I don't know what to do because whichever guy scores the most is going to get automatically plugged in to the lineup for you as it is anyway. So maybe this is a way to kind of get you back in a little bit. And it does give you at least a little bit of an extra sweat each week because you're you're still rooting on your guys. And there's some pretty big money tournaments out there as well. As Steven mentioned, certainly look at the format of the ones that you're playing in. But also, you know, look around at some of these sites because there are million dollar first prizes in some of these tournaments that you're playing. There are weekly prizes. There are there are just season long prizes. I mean, it, it is it is interesting to see how much this has grown and how much money has gotten involved as well. All the th- stuff season Stephen said is certainly something that I am, impl- uh, you know, implement in these drafts as well. Highly volatile players because you're, you're always trying to get a ceiling from, from as many of your players that get plugged into your lineup as possible. And so, it's unlike your week to week home league where you're just up against one other guy and you're trying to just you're just trying to beat that guy like we need to win. We need as many points as humanly possible. We need as many points scored as humanly possible. And so we're trying to hit ceilings as often as humanly possible with all of our players. And so think about how many times does you know Tyler Lockett being a great example and some of these other guys that, you know, have been how many times has a guy frustrated you throughout the course of a season long season? But but he had the monster weeks that got you wins somewhere else along the way. Well, those guys are perfect for a format like this and you're kind of steady Eddie guys. And I'm not saying you don't put those guys on your team because sometimes they're, they're just there in the draft too late and you got to take these guys, but your steady Eddie guys aren't necessarily as valuable as they are in your week to week season long league. Yeah, absolutely. And and the last thing I'll mention, you brought up tournaments and those are the, the ones that have the huge prizes. If you come in first or in the top 10, those tournaments, you are trying to advance out of your individual league of 12 through the first few weeks of the season. And then it basically becomes almost like DFS, where it's not just important to have the highest scoring players, but to have the least owned players, the lowest ownership percentage players. So now it's now it becomes a combination of best ball and DFS. So when you're drafting in those best ball tournaments, it's even more important to take some shots on some contrarian stacks that may not be as owned, but have a path to those high ceiling weeks. So keep that in mind as well. That's very different than if you're just in a best ball with 12 other people and you're paying out first place to whoever wins the league at the end of the year, you're going to be a little a little bit more a uh, little bit more liberal a little bit more mainstream with your picks in those situations as opposed to a, a best ball tournament 
guys, it is a super fun way to play. It's a super fun way to get back into, like I said, fantasy football, if you had kind of fallen out of love with it. So I can't recommend, recommend it enough articles all over the internet that will help you understand, you know, various strategies, various scoring systems and various ways about going, uh, going out and playing. So be sure and take a look at all that stuff uh, for sure. Thanks to our friends over at lineups.com. Again, head over there if you're looking for some fantasy advice as well. And of course, we will have those guys on uh, several times throughout the course of the season on the podcast and get some thoughts from from them as the season progresses. Because again, things change and uh, we know there's different ways that people go about playing uh, football, fantasy football, be it in their season long or be it in DFS as well. And that specials tab over at BetMGM, our friends that uh, bring bring you this podcast, pretty interesting stuff over there. Again, the Texans are going to be the worst team in the league. That's all I'm saying <laughs> when, it, when, it, when, it, when, it, when it comes to that. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Matt Brown M2. If you want to follow Steven, at Steven Anders 1. Uh, guys, until next week, my name is Matt. That's Steven. Talk to you then. <laughs>